Hello and welcome to another episode of Loose Cannon. Uh, we are back again talking about Destiny lore, as we always do. Uh, this week we are going to go back to Season of the Plunder and talk about one of the lore books from there, because next week, unless I missed something and I just somehow didn't complete it, next week is when the Persona lore book of this season ends, and, which we talked about uh, last week. So on our next episode, we'll finish the Persona lore book. And uh, I took a, a little bit of a peek of what's being talked about, and it's getting pretty good. I'm, I'm really nice. excited for the future of that. So uh, how have you been, man? It's been uh, two weeks as always. Yeah, good. How about you? I've been uh, I've been just kind of running around in circles lately. Yeah, I've I got I've got some I've got some stuff finally finished. So feeling good about that finally. Mm-hmm. How about you? Yeah. I mean, basically same. It's just been it's it's been like one uh one chore after another just trying to get things yeah. um how I want them to be. You can't see it. I ha- I bought another <laughs> IKEA shelf over here and now I have two nice. of them to hold all my stuff and so like it's it's a calyx and what I'm doing now is each little I have like a cubby designated for each um Destiny release. <laughs> so it's like Destiny 1 uh all encompassing Destiny Two and then uh Shadow Keep, Forsaken, uh, etc. Yeah. That's awesome. I wish I wish my walls were covered in those dumb IKEA bookshelves. Yeah. I, so far I've got like five of them and one wall is covered, but I I honestly just want to take the entire upstairs game room slash mm-hmm. nook and just convert it all to That's really handy. I'd be able to have them have like more space for them uh, if I didn't have a closet, but I use the closet for things too in, in this room. Sure. Here. Yeah. And um, my wife gave me a, a wonderful idea that she regretted instantly. She was like, <laughs> "If uh, if I were to get a two by a two by two calyx, I can put it in between the two that I have now and kind of make like a makeshift entertainment system, and I can get like a small screen TV." And because lately I've been looking into how to, my desk right now has a computer, uh-huh. a PS5 and a switch. And I've been trying to figure out how I could also get my PS3 and PS2 hooked up here. And she's uh, like, don't do that. Just get another Ikea shelf, get a new TV and then set it up there. And then we can get some like nice single seater chairs over here. And I was like, yes, that's, that is what I'm going to do. I'm going to spend a thousand dollars on <laughs> just this nonsense yeah that's the problem it's so expensive it's just yeah. like you go oh this is such a great idea and then you go to the to ring it all up and you're like oh my god this is instant yeah even ikea i mean ikea is you know we all know it's cheap stuff have you yeah. heard of the ikea effect no okay so there's there's this concept that <laughs> ikea furniture is way more valuable because you put it together <laughs> so like if you sell oh, like you stuff, care about it more, yeah. So because you took the time to put it together, even if you effed it up, but like if you go to sell it at a garage sale, you inherently apply a much higher value than it's really should be worth, just yeah. because you had to suffer through putting it together. I would so never this... buy IKEA furniture or like um, I don't know if you have Wayfair out there, Wayfair furniture. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would never buy that at a garage sale unless it was like dirt cheap because it's like no right. offense but like it is a right. cheaper product i have no idea if you abused it 
yeah it's sad it's sad (laughs) because like you know when you when you've you've used the ikea ikea furniture and you're done with it i mean it's almost like you just want to throw it away because the hassle is way yeah yeah i don't know how to take this thing apart yeah i mean when you go to take it apart it just falls apart in your hand like all the little particle board pieces and I mean, no offense to IKEA as a business because they obviously are making tons of money, even though they're kind of demons in the way, some way. But they, uh, geez, man, like this stuff, as modular it is, as it is, it's not really reusable. Well, I mean, you use I've it, had, I've had it. my shelf for a few years now. It's it's been doing its work. Yeah, it was, but it's because it stays where it's at. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> And that's kind of what I mean. Like I would never buy it used. So it only ever. Yeah, exactly. And it's yeah, not expensive. Good... So relatively speaking, it's not expensive. $80 for like a large shelf like that is not expensive. Right. <clears throat> my desk, but you know, it, desk. But, and it's so heavy. Like, Oh my God. Is it the is. Deal? Because <laughs> my desk is, um, it's actually a countertop. <laughs> so it's, it's an inch and a half of, uh, well, it's like an inch of solid wood. Yeah. Or maybe I got it reversed. It's solid wood, particle board, solid wood, and it's like a quarter inch on each side. So, yeah. like, if I wanted to, if I ever wanted Flip to, it. I could, I could, um, sand it down. Like, if something like damaged happened to it, I could sand like the top down a, a good bit. And, um, it's like really fucking, really sturdy. Can't, can't recommend it enough. What I want to know is when is Ikea going to invent Glimmer? Because that is the future. You can just, you can just program it. And that's, that's something that's never really been like talked about, like actually in game, how Glimmer is programmable matter. And for that reason, it's used as currency because it's like, why would you want currency when you can just create with Glimmer? No, I get that. How do you create with Glimmer? Do you need a degree? Do you bring it to a shop? Do you have it at your home? Like, what is the process? I'm I'm intrigued. I mean, at this point in Destiny lore, they could just say an Ahamkara wish it created freaking Glimmer. <laughs> okay, but I mean, I mean, it's like if they wanted to tell me that it's like it's kind of like you have your cell phone, you have your computer, you have a TV, and you have your Glimmer constructor. Like these are like household staple like, electronics, like a Glimmer 3D printer. Yeah, like a Glimmer 3D <laughs> printer, and it's you just you just kind of put your Glimmer on a platform, and the constructor and deconstructs the Glimmer and then reconstructs it as whatever it is. And it's like that's fine, that's that's cool. How does anything get made? <laughs> no idea. It's like Sony's gonna release the the PlayStation 70 or whatever, and it's just like okay. Just take your your glimmer. We're not going to see profit from this, but just take your glimmer and you can just start printing your PS seventies. Yeah, who knows? It is a I, bit I mean, of a hole in logic. Like so, the 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 matter itself. Yeah, I know. This is what's weird. Is like there's this like <laughs> there's this conundrum, right? So the matter itself is programmable, but you can't take other matter and just say it's programmable, right? So like, mm-hmm. I mean, mm. I guess in a, I guess in a way you could technically take a rock and say, "Hey, ghost, put that in my ship, you know, for me," and it'll because our ghost has done stuff like that with other things. But 
it's still a rock. Can you reprogram programmed glimmer? That's what I was. That's what I was trying to get at. Like, I, I feel like if you, you can't. That's what I was saying. Like if you turn it into a chess piece. Yeah. But what? you do when you dismantle a chess piece, you get glimmer. You get glimmer, right? That's what I'm saying. So, like everything that was once programmable glimmer, when you dismantle it, it goes back to programmable glimmer. How does that like not it, just fuck up like the it's, economy? Like its base state will always be at its very basic uh, <laughs> element is programmable. Mid- so, like there's a real rock, but then there's a rock you programmable glimmer glimmered. You think they would even know? I don't even know if I would be using the verbiage correctly on that. So you have a hat, a cowboy hat. You dismantle it. Now it's programmable glimmer. And then you give it to your buddy, and he turns it into a cowboy hat again. The idea that glimmer is just there to program into whatever you desire completely ruins everything. It can never... (laughs) It can never be explained because because if they're like, and this is how the glimmer works, and it's like, so you're telling me I can say, hey, glimmer, give me, uh, like, what's a what's a god roll of this season, right? Like, Oh, um, right, right. Like, give me a retrofit so escapade with repulsor brace and firing line or whatever the hell you're looking for with it. Right, right. So that's the <laughs> other thing that's, that's kind of funny because, so <laughs> how does the chance become involved with that right because you don't know specifically what you're going to get when you trade your glimmer for a, a, a gun right there are certain guns like banshee will sell these guns that he made he'll exchange them for glimmer but there are things that you that you get from an engram that just randomly happen oh my god i i've never thought about the systems in this game like this because <laughs> now now i'm thinking we give we give Banshee weapon parts where it's like here you go and he's he he's just like what the fuck are you doing here here you go and he just gives us the garbage back like awesome. I know kind of yeah that's exactly what happens like because if we're if we're actually going to Banshee we should be able like which has happened Cade Six requested Banshee make an Ace of Spades for his favorite hunter in Destiny One that's how we got the original right. Ace of Spades. That is not the one that we use now in Destiny 2. That is that is lost to us. It was lost in the Red War. Um, but So Cade went there and said, Hey, let me get uh, an Ace of Spades made. Here you go, money. And then, then he walks away with his fucking exotic gun. And meanwhile, we're doing a fucking quest to prove that we're worthy of it. And it's just like... <laughs> everything you want could just be obtained... But it's it's people are just fucking disrespecting Banshee and throwing their garbage at him. That's why. So, so okay. I don't know. I mean, so okay. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when we had we had Sapphire Wire and Hadron, whatever the yeah. hell it was. It was a uh, Sapphire Wire, Hadronic Essence, and um, Plasteel. Yeah, it was Plasteel plating. Yeah. So, and then they combined all that because they were like, yeah, we don't need armor materials. Yeah. We don't need to be class exclusive. Oh yeah. And so then they made the armor materials, which had all of them in the little icon and whatnot. It's not even a thing anymore. That's gone too, right? Right. So they took that away again. 
in, but there was, you had to like, for certain items, you had to have enough material and glimmer to trade to the vendor, like, like Rahul Mm -hmm. in order to, for him to make you either an Ingram or a weapon. Like he was, here's your quest, go do this and bring me back enough crap so that I can make it for you. I mean, I know it's not really, um, yeah, no. Uh, capitalist society in a classical sense, but thinking about it, man, Destiny's uh, <laughs> society kind of sucks. No, no. You know, the funniest thing is, and there will always be, uh, it'll be like, there's those specific holes in Destiny in the lore and in the game. And one of them that it will always be there in the back of my mind is Zer's Black Market Coupon. Mm-hmm. That's the funniest thing I ever saw in D1. Like, what? Yeah. How, how, okay, it's, first of all, it's Zer. What the hell? Black market coupon? Was that how you got um, Thorn? Uh, yeah, I think so. It was It was one of those exotic uh, uh, missives, right? Where, yeah. Where you go to the bounty board and you turn out a bunch of bounties and you hope you get the exotic quest. Yeah, you can only hold one at a time, something like that. That was horrible back then. I mean, in comparison yeah. to now, but like, yeah, because yeah, it was it was bad juju, thorn, invective, and there was a fourth one. Can't remember. Yes, you are correct, man. Well, uh, it. Is it Chinese New Year now, or has it just passed? How does because it, I know it's not January first. No. Well, to them, like right now, it's about to happen. I think. What time is it there in China? Well, I mean, is it today? Well, it's the twenty third. Uh, Sunday, January twenty second, twenty twenty three. Yeah. Okay, so then it has already happened. Okay, so Chinese New Year is in full effect. Oh, Chinese New Year officially begins on January 22nd and ends on February 1st. So happy Chinese right. New Year. And yeah, uh there you go. Happy Chinese New Year. We're on we're on schedule. Look at that. And 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 perfectly timed. We actually have a whole bunch of Chinese New Year themed things to talk about. You want to get into those? Yeah. Yeah. So this is the lore card uh from Destiny Army Defined and it has to do with the Chinese New Year. Um last year I did the great race. So if you want to back on that one find it on Destiny armory find and kind of like scan through lore cards there's i mean there's you know 52 weeks in a a year it's not that hard to just go back and look at all the the images in the twitter feed and find whatever you want to on destiny armory find but yeah uh we tackled the great race which has to do with how all the animals became symbols for each month of the year and I didn't really dive into what is Chinese. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, I think last, uh, what was last year? Last year was the the rat, I believe, or something like that. Uh, I will look it up. It was, no, it would be the one before the rabbit. So it, the year of the tiger. Yeah, tiger. There you go. All right. So Chinese New Year. Um, if you look at the, if you look at the, um, the items that are at Eververse right now, uh, they're themed, um, because of the Chinese new year. And so there's a lot of red and gold 
and even the emblem has you know the red and gold motif mm-hmm. um this is kind of a double lore card because this year is the year of the rabbit uh, and i'm a rabbit so it's my oh, year yeah awesome. so yeah so prosperity for me yay but um each so so traditional red envelopes fireworks and bright lights are often are offered to ward off the yearly terror of the sea monster of the dark Nyan. Yeah, this is where it gets interesting because <laughs> you ever see the Chinese New Year parades? You you wonder like what's up with the big serpent dragon that's going through the crowd and why is there so much red and what are the envelopes for and what are the firecrackers for and what are the you know what does all this mean, right? Well, this we're about to get into it. So um, if you look at the motif for the guns, and and you can right off the bat, you can see there's the rabbit references, right? Mm-hmm. So Lee Perrine Jubilation, you know, the year that's basically what Lunar Lagomorph Shell, and in the flavor text for ghosts who carry good fortune, you know, you can see there's like an obvious um, thing that's happening. Moon Shadow Hop, <laughs> rabbit, right? You know, faster than the rabbit on the moon can run. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then rabbit's chase, which is the sparrow, fleet of foot never caught. So these are all revolving around the Chinese New Year and the rabbit. And um, iconically, in Destiny the game, we have the jade rabbit. Yep. So these are they're using the same jade rabbit form for a lot of this. And so it's still kind of an ominous character, even though we have some lore about the jade rabbit now. We still don't know specifically what the Jade Rabbit really was game. So it's been always that kind of thing that's always been there. But it's it's really cool it's more because... more than just like an old folktale? I, I have no idea if it was like really just a folktale or just some really ultra-fast racing Jade Rabbit person that went off into... Just went too fast one day. <laughs> it just disappeared. Or if it was just folklore that they shared about this jade rabbit character that nobody could ever catch or find or hmm. it's almost like racer x from speed racer <laughs> <laughs> like we don't know and it could be that you know the jade rabbit was somebody we see every day all along like you know whatever their their other persona what do they call that when the superhero has a separate Secret identity, identity. Yeah, so their secret identity could be the Jade Rabbit all along. Like, what if it was Ikora? <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not saying that it's it that it is, but just like something like that that would have been really shocking. I feel like it, it's just a, a nod to the folktale, personally. Sure. Yeah. Same. We the moon the moon rabbit. You know, we all know about the moon the moon rabbit the rabbit in the moon, and and so that's that's Chinese folklore as well. So getting into it, each year is associated with one of the 12 animals from the Heavenly Gate race folklore. We did that one last year. Uh, So 2023 is the year of the rabbit. Uh, According to the folklore, the Jade Emperor wanted to select 12 animals to be his guards. He sent an immortal being into man's world to spread the message that either that earlier one went through the Heavenly Gate, the better the rank one would have. Um, so this is the origin for the giant zodiac. 
So if you look at the Chinese zodiac, you can see they all go, it's 12. It starts rat, ox, tiger, then rabbit. So rabbit would be the fourth in line. And uh, we're in the year of the rabbit. So the year of the rabbit symbolism uh, is vigilance, wittiness, cautiousness, deftness, self-protection, prosperity, and, of course, the moon. Um, The New Year traditions, however, come from another story. So this is where we kind of diverge. So this is the year of rabbit, and it's very focused on the year of the rabbit. But I wanted to explain what the heck is the Chinese. Um, So according to the ancient Chinese legend, a dark sea monster named Nian would go on shore after resting on the ocean floor at the end of each lunar new year. And he would hunt people and livestock. (laughs) Villagers would escape to remote mountains to avoid Nian's attack until a welcome strange old man with silver hair but bright piercing eyes came to visit. He was a beggar in torn clothes, walked a stick, but because of panic, nobody cared about this newcomer. An elderly woman from the east of the village came to the beggar and gave him some food. So, he, so she, she told him of the monster Nyan and warned him to flee with the others. However, the old beggar requested to stay one night in the old woman's house. He would remove the beast as payment. So already this is getting good. At midnight, the monster broke into the village as normal, <laughs> but it sensed this house was occupied where all the doors and the windows were pasted with red papers and many candles were lit inside. The beast swooped to the front door, but at that very moment, loud cracking sounds burst from all around the courtyard. The front door was quickly opened, revealing the old man in a red gown. He was roaring with laughter. The deathly frightened Nyan fled back into the dark night. So the old man, the old beggar, scared him. Mm -hmm. Uh, The next day... The town still un- was still unharmed, and the elderly woman told everyone it was because of the old beggar's promise. The villagers wanted proof, so they went to the house and discovered the red papers on the doors and the windows, candles in the house, and the burnt bamboo in the courtyard. So the traditional bamboo burning, crackling, that was what later became fireworks. Uh, the red color and bright light were found to be these magic keys scaring away this monster every year. So this huh. is what started the tra- tradition. Because of this old beggar, and because of being nice to the old beggar, I guess, in a way, and and giving him a place to stay, he he gave this gift of knowledge, which was basically the magic key to ward off this evil monster that would wreak havoc. So obviously the beggar was God, right? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Like that's 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 the trope that the the old beggar comes down. It's secretly like the god of of. Sure, I mean whatever. It's it, it it's it, it's in there, but like it never explicitly states it in the Chinese folklore. And so, like the Chinese folklore is very long winded. So I did a mm. like this is the like hyper, you know, condensed version that I'm giving you. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But but obviously you it's it's a what would it be like a, a ambiguous character? You can't assign any like specific definition for this man. 
but I mean, all he, you know, he showed up out of nowhere. He knew how uh-huh. to fight the monster, and then he left. Had bright eyes. I mean, bright eyes, and then yeah, yeah. exactly. So it's kind of like showing you never assume things about people based on their appearance, right? Yeah, because they so. might because they might be the key to your prosperity. Okay, well, that's so a nicer that, way to say it because I was going to say, yes, they might be God. And so, <laughs> I mean, in a way, so like, <laughs> any, this is where we get God. this. Yeah, this is where we get like way <laughs> off because Chinese folklore and asterism goes way further back in time than a lot of the things we know as far as religion yeah. and folklore. So. Like the, the, um, since it is Year of the Rabbit, we're talking a lot about Jade Rabbit. Like that, the the story of the rabbit in the moon, the story of the jade rabbit, like it's not just China. It's like it's a bunch of countries from like yep. um, Eastern Asia, and it actually goes even further west than you'd probably imagine. Because I was just looking it up, and apparently uh, there's actually a Mexican tale. Yeah, there is. That yeah, is there is. Basically, the same <laughs> fucking story, and it's like, how did this? Well, span and then, the world. So you got to think like back then. I mean. A lot of these folklore traditions and practices predate China. It's just that the Chinese be made it into mm-hmm. what it is now, right? Yeah. So They're before just the, China, the most recent game of telephone. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So before the Chinese, there were the steppe people and and the Mongolians and Persians and you know, all mm-hmm. of that mm-hmm. war and stuff happened for tons of years, and you know. These, these empires rose and fell over the years. I mean, even the Native Americans we know came from the Ice Bridge, which was a lot of Asian steppe people crossing the Ice Bridge over to North America before, you know, a lot of these countries and empires were ever formed. So uh, uh, just for anyone who's confused what he means by the Ice Bridge, he means like back in the Ice Age um, era where... Uh, Russia and Alaska were bridged by uh, by ice, and obviously, yeah. as the the Earth warmed up, the bridge melted. Um, it is no longer there. Which is another thing that goes hand in hand with a lot of uh, flood theories and stories is this idea of land completely just disappearing because of water rising on peaks of mountains that are now under the ocean floor. Uh, so we have a lot of like flood tales and stories of Atlantis and all of these things that morphed out of this idea that, you know, there was a great deluge and basically the earth was washed of certain uh, things. Think, and yeah, go ahead. Do, do you think, do you think people from like hundreds of years ago, like, so like there, there were people who actually lived through it and they had the firsthand experience of what happened. Sure. Like, for example, we'll say Atlantis. Like Atlantis was a real place, but as the earth warmed from like the ice age and stuff, waters rose and Atlantis, an actual real place, an actual real city just fell under the water. Uh, a thing that could, could uh, happen you know, in that's today's the, age. Yeah. That's one of the wonders, you know, that's kind of one of the mysteries <clears throat> and wonders of the world is like if that really existed or not. But, but a lot of people believe, or a lot of scientists and historians believe that it was uh, folklore that was basically a game of telephone that just expanded. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, but so 
let's let's assume that truly happened and there were groups of people who witnessed it happen who who heard about it mm-hmm. secondhand maybe they didn't watch it yep. themselves but they knew it was there and it's not there anymore so it was clearly underwater yep. like things like that do you think they had like grandkids and maybe even great grandkids that are just like sure grandpa like no, yeah absolutely like a absolutely. city did not fall into the the sea and he's like i saw it and that's yeah like, absolutely uh-huh. All the time. I mean, this this probably went on forever. And so, I mean, they they've even they've even found caves that where people were dwelling in because they were basically landlocked when floods happened. Uh-huh. So these people were were stuck on these islands that were out in the middle of everywhere, just out in so so many places. And so they're kind of left to their own devices. So I mean, this this doesn't happen overnight. Like the funny thing about apocalypses. <laughs> that you read about in sci-fi and even in destiny and all that it always it's always presented to you in a way that feels like it was overnight most apocalyptic events happened over many many years sometimes hundreds so you think about generations generations of people experiencing one long apocalyptic event mm-hmm. which would be say for instance their mountain falling apart or, you know, earthquakes or, you know, freaking volcanoes or, you know, floods or ice bridges melting or, you know, just all of these things that can happen uh, that create these, we better do something to avoid this from happening again. So let's tell the story of it. Hmm. Maybe, maybe we're responsible for it, right? You don't know. I mean, primitive people had, I mean, I doubt they felt any uh, responsibility for things changing. I mean, you'd be surprised. It's it, like the indigenous people no, of yeah, yeah, the indigenous like, people of, of Australia, for one. You know, they're some of the oldest people on the planet. Ancient cultures, like the more the more you the more you look into it, the more you're just like, oh no, they were like legit advanced, and we're just pretending yeah. that they weren't. <laughs> Yeah, so we don't I, we don't want to believe that like a society that was on par with us could ever fall, but hmm, yeah. probably has a few times already. And so there, so that's the other thing is that empires rise and fall, and they they call those ages because mm-hmm. they're the ages of empires that rise and fall. And so there's this belief that there's a cyclical thing where humans can only get so big before they basically implode or destruct on the, in on themselves. They create these ages. I thought it was that oceans rise and empires fall. Uh, I didn't play that game. But oh, yeah, game. Sounds, that, was, sounds... that was Hamilton. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the fucking uh. The, oh, the, that's funny. The guy that does all the spitting sings that. The, uh, the king. Well, when whatever. I said He's when funny. I said empire of ages, I, I suddenly oh, realized. Oh, okay, I see where you were going. I said a game. <laughs> Anyway, I, I, we could spend all day talking about that, but just th- like that's the history, that's the pool of wisdom and folklore that the world is, you know, is is using as, mm-hmm. as the bedrock for a lot of these stories. And China and Chinese uh, culture uh, is very much rooted in the, a lot of that. So mm-hmm. these things are kind of alien to the Westerners of the world because. We're relatively new in a lot of our ideologies, folkloric practices, and, and, and storytelling, whatnot. So, even a lot of the stuff from their world crosses into ours, and we kind of. Um, so, 
going going back to the story, um, the villagers obviously wanted proof, and so they saw the proof basically from the old man, uh, and he's gone, and so these traditions that were inherited today um, became embedded in Chinese New Year, <laughs> and so this starts off the Chinese New Year and Spring Festival. But here's where it's here's here's another cool little fact. Um, it's also called Guanyan, which means uh, surviving in the Nyan's attack. <laughs> the red is is the most popular color for the festival separate uh, celebration, and it's part of the dress code. Mm-hmm. Um, ca- called Hongbao in Mandarin, the red envelopes filled with money are typically only given to children or unmarried adults with no job. The color red denotes good luck, fortune, and happiness abundance in the Chinese culture, and it's often worn, used for de- decor in other celebrations. So, if, if you if you think about Chinese, uh, you know, their the way they dress and whatnot, a lot of red pop. A lot of red and gold. And so that's why there's red and gold all over these things. You didn't know, now you know. Um, and just like we talked about at the beginning, Chinese New Year 2023 falls on Sunday, January 22nd. Uh, then 2023, and of course the celebrations culminate with the Lantern Festival, February 5th, 2023. Which we've talked about the Lantern Festival on Destiny Lord. That's the armory to find as well, because we had lanterns, dawning event. Very fascinating. <laughs> um, when you said uh, that, like America was pretty new. Obviously, you mean like like modern day America is pretty new. Yes, yeah. there, there were people here before us that probably had sure. their own folklore that we just kind of squashed out, but um. <laughs> Beyond that specifically, uh, you said you said how we were new, and it, it reminded me of one of my favorite uh, favorite movies. It's um, Interstate sixty uh, stories of the road. I think Interstate sixty would get it. But in the in it is a character named um, O W Grant. It stands for One Wish Grant, and because he he goes around and he just grants people one wish, and in most cases it's gonna fuck them over. And so he has this little monkey pipe, and uh, so I got the monkey pipe. Nice. Now you you made me really excited. I had to share that. It's a really good <laughs> movie. Um, o W is like America's first folklore, like modern America's first folklore, because you know we're we're too young. All we do is bo- all we do is borrow other other countries' sure. folklores. And so um, that was an interesting take for you to have there. Yeah. I mean, it's no, it's no wonder there are so many different versions of the same stories. Think about them. You know, you, your family traditions move, people have rogue societies and cultures. And then the ones that really kind of plant themselves and make cities and villages, the ones that are responsible for kind of carrying on a lot of the things. But I, I often am just like saddened by the millions of folklores and stories and traditions that were just washed clean. Mm-hmm. Entire entire races of people were just erased from history. Yeah. 
It's crazy to think how many stories just get lost throughout time. Yeah. The the Americas are the Americas are probably one of the saddest of you've ever read. Uh, I mean, if you if you ever read some of these books that are that are popular, like Howard Zinn, famous author, what happened basically to all the indigenous find out that it's not just Canada, America, Mexico, South America. It's millions of indigenous people with their own societies, laws, empires, structures, family traditions that were just basically. Yeah. And that's just here. (laughs) Sorry. I just saw, um, I guess fish skin can be grafted onto burn victims. What the heck? Yeah, sorry. I just, I just looked at my screen, and that's what I saw. So it just Ready? really it really knocked me off my train of thought. <laughs> Happy Chinese New Year, Happy I guess. Chinese New Year. <laughs> If you get burned, don't worry. You can you can have fish skin instead. Be ready for the next deluge. Yeah. <laughs> um. Have you been enjoying uh, the season as it's been uh, kind of coming to its 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 end? Yes. Yeah, so my favorite things in Destiny are the ex. Or the EXO. Yeah, yeah, and the EXO, and then the EXO. Because there's more EXO that we don't even talk about. But so far, all of the EXO stuff and the EXOs we've been talking about. (laughs) They've been doing a really great job with it. Um, This week, Rasputin mentioned um, how he's pretty much, he's almost finished with his body. So it feels like next week he might like be able to walk out of the helm. Can I can I ask you? Do you know what this this dog that everyone's talking about? <laughs> I have not seen a dog anywhere. Wait a minute! You haven't you haven't done the dog? Where is there a dog? You you did the dog with the with the orbs in the. I never did the... a dog. I, I I never I didn't I never saw a dog at any point in this season. But people keep well, telling me it's there. You... You go to the you go to the exotic quest place the the what is it called the 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 Seraph's yeah. shield yeah yeah Seraph's shield station and okay. you do all the the balls the orbs and then you find the dog there and you rescue him basically. oh I haven't opened the final door yet there you go oh and then okay. and then all of a sudden you go back to the helm and the dog's there because remember and last can... episode. I was going to finish yeah. uh, my orb run, and then it kicked me it out did. right at the boss. The last yeah. orb I needed was in after the boss room, and yeah. then I was like, well, I'm not going to fucking do it uh, that Sunday when there's going to be another time to go do it again in two days. So I waited until Tuesday, knocked them both out in one, but then I just knocked out the final orb. I never went back again to open the door. <laughs> there's a fucking dog in there? Well, uh, I think so. I think that's how I haven't done it either, but yeah, I think that's how oh, it works. Okay. So you, this you go and do the final blind. door. Oh my God. Well, no, like, like it might, it might just be, you know, that you do that and then you go somewhere. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I heard, I heard, um, because I, Bungie was talking about how the dog is gonna stay in the helm afterwards. Yeah. I guess maybe not immediately, but they're gonna come back. And you can pet the dog. Can you pet the dog? You can. You can pet the dog. Oh my god, man! I completely missed it. I'm, I don't feel like it's my fault though, because everyone was fucking <laughs> no, because everyone was glitching into that room to find the dog early. So it's just like by the time that it was like appropriate dogs, excuse me, dog save week, the hype had already been exposed and I had missed it because right. I was like not looking at spoilers for what's in that room. And then it, there's always yeah. people that break it, man. It's just yeah. like, I, I just want one time. I want, I, <laughs> I just mean, want dude, it to be on. Yeah. Play how you want to play. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get, get upset with you because you used, um, whatever the fucking sword is that makes you allows you to skip through the lasers. You know, that's, that's smart for yeah. you. Oh, well, okay. Uh, uh, mother codfish said it's a jumping puzzle. The dogs at in the end of the puzzle. Oh, well that's where the room is. It's right after the end of the jumping puzzle. I imagine. Okay, cool. So I so imagine then, you're on the right track. <sighs> getting I'm I'm a filthy casual. So. <laughs> I mean, I kind of have. It's weird how like hardcore I played this season because within like three weeks I was at rank 100. Where the past several seasons, it's it's like oh the season ends in two weeks. I better yeah. better yeah. finish off these thirty ranks and right. It's just you know you, you miss things because like I'm not I'm not doing everything. I'm 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 having well, a good time ex- playing. But it exponentially it exponentially gets faster anyway. At the yeah. End. So like I don't I don't worry anymore. I used to worry a lot. Yeah. In in D one, I mean there was like. There was reset day. You had to mm-hmm. do things. Mm-hmm. You went and maximized your efficiency because yeah. there was such a limited amount of stuff and you had to wait an entire week. And if you didn't do it before the week was up, you were screwed. So you had to do it and yeah. you felt compelled to do it. And and it was the only way you could keep up with current events because, the you know, what was yeah. it? The light light level, not power level. Back then yeah. it was light yeah, it was level. light level in D1. You were, if you didn't have the light level, you can do whatever was coming up next. And it was much more strict in D1 too. Like yeah. uh, they they kind of broke it up into tens for D2, yeah. which is kind of silly because they broke it up into tens, but then only the deltas matter. So they it's like they might as they yeah they might as yeah. well have they could have just undid it. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, I hope they get rid of light level. I, I'm an advocate for that. Uh, Same. I'm not sure if they're going to based on what they've said so far, but I still hope they do. Um, early D2, I'm looking at a um, a case filled with all the the D2 uh, title medals. I, yeah. I, I I had like everyone. Th- there was like a couple that I missed, like um, raid specific uh, black armory uh, was one that I missed. I forgot why I was like not <laughs> getting black armory, but there was a reason. But I had fake ones made. It was. <laughs> It was kind of unhealthy how obsessive I was about getting yeah, every title yeah. every time. And then yeah. there was just like one season where I just I just couldn't do it. And then after that, I was like, oh, it's fine. It's fine that I missed right. the season. And ever since then, it was just like, I'm just going to play say, as much as I yeah. feel like playing. Honestly, that happened at, at, as D1 was transitioning into D2. Because yeah. um, after that triumphs. Doing all mm-hmm. of the triumphs just to get that dumb emblem I never wear in D. Exactly. It's like I don't care I, about these I, things. Why am I trying I just so said, hard? 
Yeah. You know what's me- you know what's messed up is um the very beginning of D2 outside of the story and the PVE. Mm-hmm. The very beginning of of D2 uh, was really rough for a lot of people because there was this eye-opening moment that everything was reset. There's only so much to do and you had to basically abandon D1, which at that point we had a lot of stuff in D1. And so we we're basically resetting everyone to this mm-hmm. new D2, which D2, when it first started off, was very strict. Yeah. Even the gameplay in Crucible, I think, was the biggest difference. Yeah. How hard it was because you were basically limited to locked rolls on yeah, weapons. Locked rolls, double primary. It, yeah. it was a it was a weird environment. I, I liked very it. Weird. In, I liked it in the time of. I was like, no, this is interesting. Like it, it, yeah. it changes how we have to play. But ultimately, I I, I much prefer how it is now. Well, I think they were experimenting with so much stuff. I mean, even Luke Smith, looking back on a lot of the things, I think somebody put it on Twitter, like something old he put out about emblems being the thing that you would be chasing. Or shaders. <laughs> shaders would be the thing you were chasing. Giving people a reason to explore the new worlds and planets was to get these unique shaders and whatnot. So, like... <laughs> How many times have you worn a Nessus shader? You know, well, I mean, speak, that article came up. Uh, I think Paul Tassi retweeted it where it was like, yeah, um, kind of shitting on it. And I'm like, before D2 came out, if that's what they said, if they were like, we're going to make you want to go to this planet to grind for these shaders. I'd be like, oh, that sounds interesting. Like, yeah, that sounds yeah. really cool. Yeah. They're going to have these awesome shaders on these planets that I'm going to want to go get. Yeah. Ultimately, it didn't pan out like that. And ultimately, you had so many of those <laughs> damn shaders. <laughs> so, I mean, if they were like, hey. Yeah, because every- they were consumable back then. Yeah. yeah, That's right. But yeah. you, you wouldn't use them because you didn't like them. And even if you like them, you only needed like five. You didn't need fifty. You didn't need a hundred. Right. Like, but like right now, if 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 they wanted to like, kind of reevaluate the shader uh, system, not the system, the shader acquisition system, and be like, every planet has a shader, every law sector has a shader, every dungeon has a shader, every raid has a shader. Maybe every dungeon boss itself has a shader because dungeon uh, raids used to have two or three shaders um two that i remember because it was like there was like glow who on crota's yeah and there was the uh the the one that made it the bronzy bronzy gold well some of those were tied to eris too no eris had her own three there was yeah there you go there was so crota's end because that's the one i am thinking of as well um it had the shader that made your armor look like crota's end armor and then they also had glow who and right there you go and then king's fall had one that made you look Red. uh war priest colored i think and then one that made you look armor colored i forget was volta glass two shaders or just the chatter white i cannot remember well, because anyway. he used to have normal mode shader and hard mode shader, but I mean, you know, that's that's just what that's just what I'm saying though. Like, yeah. if they were like, and not like a one percent or maybe even a one percent drop rate, if they were like, here's this like here's this item, it's got a low drop rate, it it does not matter. It's a shader, it's a ship, it's a whatever. It's tied to this boss. You can farm this boss to get this item. It's not like the standard. 
once a week if you don't get it go fuck yourself but it's like you can just do it over and over and over and over again and it's like the, the best looking fucking shader in the game that's like i guess i'm gonna farm this boss for a bit and see if i get it yeah like, i mean it would, it would definitely get people it. it definitely get people back in those open worlds that yeah they spent so much time developing yeah <laughs> And if they were to like have like um like the brig event on on Europa, which is like a Europa exclusive unique event, if that had uh, a weapon or an armor or a shader sure. or a ship, you know, like anything like that, where it's just like we're gonna give you a reason to be here. Like I I I, I would appreciate that. I feel like I feel like they kind of lost that uh, identity. Well, there's so much. There was so much melee happening at the time and so mm. many things to wrangle and deal with yeah. i mean not no, only I, that yeah priorities absolutely yeah. i just hope in the in the far future in the future yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know that's the sad thing is like in d1 like even those really cool uh creepy ornamental shader things that happened mm. on armor when you went back to all the left and did them a certain way you got the yeah the age of triumphs ones yeah so yeah those are we sweet. only had we only got to use them for, for like a month before the new game came out. They Bungie <laughs> Bungie really debated me uh with uh-huh. the last TWAB because they were saying how um they're gonna be bringing back an old raid uh they're gonna be introducing an old raid with n- new origin perks or something. And at, at first read, I was like, Wrath of the Machine confirmed. And then I read it again, and I was like, oh, they mean like Dreaming City, don't they? <laughs> our, our last <laughs> wish, don't they? And it just, it fucking got me so hard. And I was like, god damn it. I was so excited because I love Wrath of the Machine um, armor in the first place. I think it's like a really clean look. And specifically, I loved how the uh, the ornaments for it, it didn't like change too much about it it just like it like deconstructed the siva so like your shoulder plate instead of being solid it was like crumbling and like kind of floating up into the air but like infinitely floating up into the air that's like, so cool you know was, I still it was think, such an awesome effect i still think i still think there is a place for something akin to siva in the maybe it'll be red it'll be yeah for this oh what you mean like a subclass yeah I mean, yeah. not necessarily no. a SIVA subclass, but something tied to... My my absolute like dream for the future of Destiny is that it's two parts. Part one is they unlock the kinetic energy slot yeah. because it is not kinetic anymore. So we're, do away with it. Both slots can have either weapon. It can be solar, solar, arc, 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 void... You know, however you want it, they can just go into sure. slot A or slot B, and it's it's exclusively primary and special weapons. Heavy weapons are still in the heavy weapon slot. You know, just that's where yeah. they go. It's everything else. It's slot A, slot B. That's part. That's part A. Part B is you have weapons like Thorn. You have weapons like um, Necrochasm. No, it's not. In the game. <laughs> Necrochasm. You, you potentially have weapons like Necrochasm, which will never actually return to the game because Osteostriga is a better Necrochasm. Yeah, so you yeah. have Osteostriga. You have um, Wither Horde, which is different, but I'll get to it. And you have um, uh, uh, the, the Outbreak Perfected. So 
instead of these weapons all being kinetic, they should all be a unique damage type. That's just for the weapon. You okay. know, and then you can just like flesh it out. It's like here's weapon of sorrow damage type, whatever you want to gotcha. call it, like fancy name. Yeah, yeah, here's yeah. a SIVA damage type. We're not gonna get a subclass because you can't have a SIVA subclass. That's not a thing. It doesn't fit within the parameters of like what a guardian is. But I guess you're it can right. That makes be a, a weapon. That makes a that makes a very valid argument for like what is a subclass. Yeah. That's that that does make sense. But um, it, it's like it's it lets you uh, have your cake and eat it too type of thing where you know they can they can flesh out like a SIVA arsenal and it's like oh my god did you get the new SIVA heavy machine gun it's fucking amazing because it's like solar solar does like uh, solar intrinsic perks like igniting and and, and uh, scorching and, and things like that it's like SIVA can have SIVA intrinsic perks you get a SIVA weapon you're looking for SIVA intrinsic perks Imagine, you know, if they, like imagine if they imagine if they imagine if they attributed um, weapon specific perks to ornament, and you could sevify like your uh, anarchy weapon, or that or would sevify. Be... Yeah, you I, know what I mean. I love and hate that. That is so yeah. funny, though. <laughs> yeah, but like, like take them out of the um, I pull or the pay for. Yeah. Pull and well, put them in the attain for. We we should we should get to the lore book. Yeah, we should we, get to the lore book. Go for it. We we get too far <laughs> down these these uh, rabbit holes, which are okay. very fun to talk about. So you're the rabbit holes. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's good. <laughs> wait, no, it's not. No, wait, no, it is. Wait, what year is it? <laughs> I forget now. The year of the rabbit. It was not that I'm upset because it's a great shade. It's a great ornament. However, Risk Runner already has a, a number of great ornaments. Sure. Um, but it has the Jade Rabbit logo on the fucking ornament. Why isn't it a Jade Rabbit ornament? You know, who knows? Is it just because Risk, excuse me, Risk Runner is better in standard content? Sure. Either way. So this this lore book comes from Season of the Plunder. It is um, above all else. And so just like a quick summary of it is you're following Mithrax's mother and some parts, uh, spe- specifically Mithrax, as she grows up and leaves Reese and comes to our system. Uh, Reese being the fallen world. So um, I'll just, I'll read. Uh, we should have enough time if I read quick. So entry one is The Long Drift. My my family named me Ithrix, Sturdy Heart, and held me aloft in the shadow of the Great Machine. My birth name was chosen to extol my strength as a hatchling. My chosen name would be Aspirational. On my third molting, I chose the name Inax, Gentle Hands. I would be the greatest weaver of our house has ever known. I was so sure of it. Then our world ended. Then I was sure of nothing. The end of our civilization came from the outside in, like a hand slowly closing around a throat. At first, I didn't. It didn't feel real. Reese was gone, and my house was trapped aboard a catch. Knowing that there was nothing at our backs for so long, we broadca- broadcasted distress signals, distress calls into the dark, hoping for others on the long drift to find us and offer succor. Help never came. 
Every satellite world we visited, the story was the same. Desolation, death, despair. Weeks of searching turned into years, and I feared we, would o- we were the only ship that slipped between those proverbial fingers of destruction. Were we the last? We had to continue hoping it wasn't so. As we drifted among the stars, we inevitably lost members of our house along the way. I wove the finest memorial shrouds for our dead, so that they could rest in security and peace. Then as the egg cloth ran out, we could not give them the dignity of binding. My gentle hands were eventually used to separate dead meat from carapace. We would not starve in the dark. I don't know what's up with my breathing when I when I read out loud. <laughs> it's fine. No, it's like I get like winded when I like have like long sentences. I gotta get that looked at. My son was brought into the world of isolation, abandonment, and suffering. I should have crushed his egg and woven it into cloth, a regret I will always carry. My sentimentality for the old world won out, and bitter hope for the future stayed my hand. I named him after my father. I did not know if he would carry on the house's tradition of birth names and chosen names. What what purpose did it serve now? What did it matter? My son's father died weeks after the birth. He was not missed. It was, a be- it was better that way. His death was something I did not regret. It would be years before we encountered another catch. It bore the sigil of the House of Dancers, renowned for their skill with machines, and their generosity to those in need. Their Kel agreed to send an emissary to discuss our needs. I knew this emissary, Aramis, when we were children. All I knew of her in adulthood was that she had a wife and hatchlings. I had hoped the whirlwind had taken it all from her. I hated myself for wanting that. Aramis was no longer the meek child I once knew. That much was certain when I greeted her aboard my catch. She brought the two hatchlings with her, just barely old enough to walk on their own. They were mischievous little things, one round, the round one constantly trying to tug the taller one's (laughs) arms off until Aramis disciplined them. I carried my son, swaddled to my chest, as a show of trust. Negotiations between us were tense. I quickly realized that the House of Dancers had no interest in sharing their resources, but rather in assessing our own vulnerabilities when it was close to Aramis, clear to Aramis that we could not easily be disabled and stripped of our ether, we found a compromise. House of Dancers would be supplied with materials for repairs and in turn, we would take on some of their people, along with a fractional store of ether. She was sending them to die, with us, rather than, rather than condemn them to the cold and uncaring depths of space where, they, where her people could see. I learned who Aramis had become, and what ideal she lived by. Two hands in greeting, two hands concealed. It was an inequitable deal, and Aramis knew it. Your alternative is death, she offered me. A coward's voice slipped out of my mouth when I declined that choice. I asked her where her wife was, hoping it would inspire her to feel, for a moment, as hopeless as I did. She did not so much as flinch, then foisted the two hatchlings onto me. They were not hers, as I had assumed, but the first of the house of dancers that we would take in exchange. Too many hands, not enough ether to go around. The simplest solution was also the most difficult one. We had a way to thin out the numbers again. 
we had to find a way to thin out the numbers again. So, um, that was the longest entry in this lore book. Um, but it, it, it covered a lot of ground. Uh, the whirlwind is when, um, the darkness, uh, and Oryx arrived at, uh, Reese, the fallen homeworld and basically made them scatter. Uh, yeah. And so in here, a lot of talk was of the house of dancers, which might sound like a new house. And it's technically an old house that became a house that we know. Uh, Aramis is a house of devils member. Dancers eventually became devils. And I think it's, I think it's a nice touch that they said, uh, dancers renowned for their skill with machines because in Razvayan, yeah. everything with Siva, like they, they were, yeah, they were like really on that. Splicers, yeah, yeah, because they uh, they were so good with tech that they would augment their own bodies. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Tanix, look at that. Yeah, uh, well, Tanix isn't a uh, devil. Well, I know, but just I'm, t- I'm talking about the capacity of, of yeah, all in, yeah, yeah. The the House of Devils took it a step further, where um, by the time of Rise of Iron, they had forsaken the Traveler. They decided the Traveler wasn't worth anything. And that they themselves could ascend to godhood by becoming one with a machine through Siva. The first and only to fully do that was Axis. And in later entries from Rise of Iron, Axis was shown to be losing their own identity and their own control of their body, where Siva was now taking over. Um, and the well, they were other... they were becoming basic machine. machine yeah, I mean, and, yeah, yeah, losing all of their will and. Yeah, they thought decisions were being so, made not yeah, by him. Yeah, because yeah. they thought it's so crazy because they thought that they were being enhanced, sending yeah. to godhood. Yeah. But in actuality, they were just be, being converted into simple machine, whatever. And binary. Uh, the uh, so Axis was the Archon Prime, which is a combination of Archon Priest and prime servitor that's that's how that's how the title of like god ascended and hmm. um axor i think his name was axor was the arc no damn it no that's that axor archon priest is from house of uh house of wolves oh well there was another one who um his second in command who was a boss in the the wrath of the machine raid who uh they hadn't gone through a full conversion but they had gone through more of a conversion than anyone else had while all of the devil splicers which are different from splicers as we know mithrax to be the other devil splicers had gone through like minor augmentation and not uh full augmentations Anything uh, more to add? No, I just think that's cool because this is a this is a nice little background because we know inevitably splicers like stuff, and <laughs> we've already experienced splicer stuff. Uh, kind of cool because it shows the capacity of fallens to kind of this like really good hacker of mm-hmm. universe or what. Yeah. So they're capacity for dealing with machines and how they even look to the traveler as the great machine 
just shows their whole culture around, you know, tech mm-hmm. mechanics and stuff like that. Yeah, they, they were really, um, really tech focused. They were, yeah. they were kind of the perfect, perfect candidate for this. Um, but then, so, um, entry two is the whispering dark. We had sailed the long drift for centuries, but I had yet to come to terms with our new reality. My son had only borne witness to a fraction of it. He was still young, still struggling to understand his place in the world. The two children from the House of Dancers, Rackus and Civics, were slightly older and had become his reluctant friends. They protected him from the adolescents who would steal his ether when I wasn't looking. It was not a family to me, not truly. I had yet to understand that catches kin. Once we found the great machine, we learned that it had uplifted a whole new species, granted them power beyond anything it had ever bestowed to us. The betrayal drove some in our house to despair, others to death, and many to violence. Adapting to this betrayal was to be our next challenge. I listened to the poison-minded advice of soft-shelled cowards and tried to speak with the great machine's new chosen, our usurpers. They repaid the machine's kindness with violence, killed three of my closest friends. I later discovered that they shucked the carapaces and wore the chitin as armor. We learned all we could about these usurpers, like how their limbs were supple and could be pulled from their bodies far easier than our own kind. I came to love the sound of their screams. (laughs) if violence was the only language they spoke so be it time for me time had made me fluent some of my house refused to abandon the old ways fools draped themselves in the naive raiment of splicers praying to a god that doomed us all they could contemplate their failure with what was left of their lives in the cold dark i had no time for them save the goading them into raids if we wanted to retake the great machine, we would not do it by prostrating prostrating ourselves like weeping <laughs> children. We we would take it back by force. We killed the machine's chosen, taking what we could, rooting through the rotten innards of their dying world. We took refuge in the shadows of their dusty moon where the usurper's ruins struck stuck out like bones from from the dust. It was empty, it was silent, but there was value to be had in picking the those old bones clean. On one such expedition, I had strapped my son to me and set out to pick over a bounty of bones. But it was not these spools of spin cable, the plates of hard sheet, or the fragments of clear cut that proved most valuable. It was what we found buried beneath the bones, what was buried deep. We traversed that day into dark tunnels, where something hideous festered beneath the moon's surface. Horrific creatures that stank of wet soil shrieked like dying animals and tore at flesh they possessed a ferocity that a ferocity we had never seen before and my raiding party was being whittled down one by one but when it seemed like these creatures were to finish off the rest of us they relented they appeared to hear something something that terrified them something that left us to wonder what are monsters afraid of the creatures scurried back to their warrens and vanished into the subterranean temple they spilled out of. And for a moment, I thought I heard something too. Something soft, a whisper, but as, a forceful, but as forceful as a scream. And that was when we saw it, situated in a rift beyond the temple. The true, true treasure of this dusty tomb. 
a pyramid of jet black opening its doors to us. <sighs> there's there's a lot to unpack with just that last paragraph. Yeah, so two, I two before we get to that though, there is a little thing that I'm I'm pretty sure was actually kind of half explained in the story of um of season of the plunder. Rackus is spider. So Mithrax yeah. <laughs> is adopted brother is spider. The one yeah. that people might have missed is that Civics is also someone we know. Civics was the boss from Black Armory. He led the Kells Scourge. Uh so he was in the uh Niobe Labs, I think. Hmm. He was he was he was either in Niobe Labs or he was in the other European Dead Zone Black Armory Forge where you had the, the three sections with the tanks, spider tanks. Yeah. I think I know where you're going with this. I mean, that was it. Oh, okay. <laughs> just, just the fact that, that spider and civics were Mithrax's brothers. It's just an yeah. interesting, uh, I, I like how they, bit. they, they tell you about the pudgy round one. That Yeah. And that one's spider. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> Yeah. Like, like I just love the idea that for whatever reason, Spider was always just round. Always round, yeah. Always round. <laughs> it's like, that's not how Elixir usually are. All right. Um, and as you were saying, those last couple paragraphs. So there's two ways to look at this, and I feel like one sure. way is an intentional misdirect. Uh, yeah, yeah, I could get that. Well, you might not know which way I'm saying is the misdirect. So, uh, we traverse it that day in the dark tunnels where something hideous festered beneath this moon's surface. Horrific creatures that stank of wet soil shrieked like dying animals and tore at flesh. So that line right there is immediately drawing back also to Black Armory, uh, where we learned of the creatures that attacked during the collapse. And yep. so we don't know how long they've been traveling how immediately the traveler got to us but the timing might just be perfect that they are they are arriving just at the end of the collapse like the end of the like initial sequence uh, so that hey, these that's creatures cool. huh yeah no 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 i see what you're saying yeah and so these creatures which were direct denizens of the witness were still kind of around and so that's that's one way of looking at it, and that's the way I think is the accurate way of looking at it. The other way is to think, oh, these just must be the hive. And I understand why you might think that. They're on the moon, they were they're in the tunnels, etc., things like that. Two things about that. The tunnels were not dug by the hive. Right, that's exactly. actually a really old D1 scannable yep. where they were like, yep. the hive didn't make these tunnels. Why don't, it's on a, don't it's on a crucible map. Yeah, it's on mm -hmm. a crucible map. And, and it has to do with those tunnels where you find the bones. And the tunnel is literally mm -hmm. the ribcage skeleton yep. of those uh, animals that were there before. Yeah. And so, so that no, people I'm attribute on the to be yeah. the worm gods, but it's like, but why but they're not? The worm yeah. Gods be digging the holes. Yeah. No worm gods there, yeah. but uh, you know potentially something other than yeah. a worm god. Definitely something other because worm gods don't have rib cages like that. They have a carapace, like a like a right, like everything else. And so, right. so what I'm saying, and also not only were those tunnels not dug by the hive, just used by the hive. Not only That's right, but there the hive 
the the hidden swarm on the moon in Shadowkeep and also Destiny Moon. They were searching for the pyramid. These creatures are right there. They're coming from the pyramid. They're coming from the temple at the pyramid. They're not. They were burrowing to get to that spot. And if you think about that, because you think about where's the Hall of Wisdom located and how the Mm -hmm. technology in that area, as they got closer to where the pyramid would technically be located under way underneath, um, that it's just funny that the naming convention for the Hall of Wisdom almost as if they had found something. Yeah. do that just never got there and, but like in early d1 we know the hive were burrowing into yeah. the moon like it literally is in the grimoire yeah. that so until shadow keep they had not found the pyramid we found them yeah. as they were like maybe two three months after finding it like we weren't right. like right there day one but they had they had recently found it and this well there's even there's even there's even the line that sticks out to me uh in the 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 book for the all over the place today the the main book for the hive the anyway it tells the about books of sorrow? So, yeah no the yeah the main books of sorrow so like in there when the proto hive were looking for the ship that oryx finally mm-hmm. gets they were actually looking for a different ship yeah then the, when they when they found the needle yes so the then there was also the the talk of the Nika thought ship, mm-hmm. which yeah. So there's these ships that are out there that predate what we know of conventional hive that were very much a part of the. And so I'm I'm. I'm you really are all to, over the place. <laughs> well, no, I know I'm immediately going there because I'm thinking about the hive's tenacity burrowing into yeah. the moon to find a ship which no, they I, know to be a pyramid. It's it's sort. it's a. Uh, it's a repeating theme for them. I, I see. Yes. I see what you're saying. It's just funny how it's funny how you got how yeah. you got there. It's all... Yeah, that that's my that's my curse. <laughs> yeah, that's my that's my. No, I'm, I'm the same my way. Curse. I just thought it, I, just, I just find it funny because I am the same. Way. <laughs> but yeah. so ultimately, the case I'm making is this is not the hive. These are probably tormentors. If anything, uh, I think I think the the wet oil and and shrieking and all that stuff is going to be tormentors. So this might be, be cool. a tease to tormentors that we're getting right here. So what you're hearkening back to, which we didn't talk about exactly, uh, is when in the Black Armory lore they talk about. Well, I touched machines. on it. Yeah, so they're like just for people tuning in. Oh yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> so just tell them what that is. Oh, well, during the Black Armory, as um, as the Black Armory, the group, as they were like huddled in in their fortress trying to survive the collapse, uh, there were uh, this, uh, like ogre, big ogrey creatures that smelled like wet oil, and they made noises that sounded like machine being like stretched and compressed, and um, they they didn't really get a wet good earth. look at them. Oh, I said the wet earth. You said wet oil. <laughs> well, I, well, wet soil. Oh, wet soil. Oh, sorry. Because <laughs> that's what this says. This called it wet soil. Yeah, yeah. This, this well, much earth, this wet soil. Yeah, get it. Um, and they they were kind of taking like shots from around the corner, kind of uh, not not able to actually see it, type of thing. I'm like very confident it's going to be a tormentor. Um, I hope so. Yeah. I hope you're right because that'll wrap up that nice little callback. Yeah. Maybe not the 
the tormentors were creating the tunnels, but that the oh that, no, just that yeah, other things yeah. created tunnels. Tormentors were and, there. Yeah, there you go. Um, okay. And so, uh, entry three, chosen, and this is um. Well, I'll just get into it. My mother could not keep me swaddled to her chest forever. I was no longer a child and no longer in need of sheltering. I was my own person, and it was time that she understood that. I knew that she loved me because she shared her ether with me, because she killed those who harmed me, because she wanted better for me than better for me than the life we had. But we are not always the arbiters of our own faith. I aspired to nothing short of her approval. She was our inspiration, our leader, our hope, kel of our house, and protector of our people. She gave me a name that meant strength above all else. She named me Misrax, and it, I was now strong enough to bear it. On the day I told her I was capable of raiding at her side, we sat together in a cargo hold of her catch. There was not pride in her eyes I had hoped for. She was transfixed by the medallion around my neck, an icon of the great machine. One I had taken from the corpse of a splicer. One I had earned through blood. She tore it from my neck, crushed it in her hand. This will not protect you, she shouted at me. This will only lead to death. I had never feared my mother before, but I had never seen the look at look seen her look at me that way she did that day. She pushed me up against the wall with her upper arms and pressed the bent charm against my brow. No son of mine will beg for scraps in the shadow of the abandoner. But even as she threatened me, I felt her press something into one of my hands. A reliquary. One of the few she had forged from the treasures of the moon. She saw the recognition on my face and stepped back, releasing me. I could tell she wanted me to inspect it. I had never seen one of the reliquaries up close before. And though the glass was clear, the oily fluid inside obscured everything embalmed within. Yet still, I felt its presence warming behind my eyes like roots of a great tree burrowing into soil. It it whispered to me, not with words, but with promises, blooming behind my eyes in visions of glory. When I looked up to my mother, I asked her why could we not have both? Why could we not seek the power we had stolen from the moon and simultaneously earn the right to seek refuge beneath the great machine once more? You are brave and curious, my mother mused, but you do, you do not yet understand the brutality of the world. Then she showed me. She drove a knife into my side, twisted it, and split my carapace apart. I did not give her the satisfaction of hearing me scream. Let this be your first lesson, lesson she said to me. You are my crew now, and when your crew questions your leadership, you make an example of them. She drew the knife out of my side and handed it to me. Never forget that. I promised her I won't. Rough stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're in a really complicated situation. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it's good. Be, it's good because you know this was aptly known, uh, named the chosen. We know about Miss mm-hmm. Rax and the reliquaries now, which had to do with. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of like good um retroactive foreshadow where like obviously we know where it goes, but like it's he was always it's, on this path. There was nothing he could do about it. Also, yeah. it kind of shows you um kind of it kind of holds a mirror to society people mm-hmm. that are, you know, locked within certain groups or families or gangs or whatever you want to call it and just 
having to rely on your, your leader. Uh, but the, then there's also this dark side. Mm-hmm. So basically they, they are on this path where they recognize the traveler, right? Abandoner basically yeah. that they feel, um, they feel forsaken by the mm-hmm. traveler. They feel like, uh, why has all of this happened? You know, that everybody's, everybody's folly came from believing in the traveler. Basically, It seems like a weird choice uh, for Mithraska's mother specifically to have like come so far chasing the traveler to found it and ultimately hold the position or the opinion of the traveler abandoned us and we will never seek to sit beneath it again. And at the same time have found power have found the reliquaries and then decided to stay. But the fact yeah. that she stayed in the system is what's like weird to me because <sighs> in my head, you'd be like, you know what? We followed you here. You didn't want us. You gave other people more. We found power. Like, fuck you. We're out. We're yeah. We're, we're going to take the power and go somewhere else. Why are we, why are we fighting a war? Like, why are we dooming ourselves? Well, you know, and it could be, it could be that, you know, maybe there's something not being said here. It could be yeah. that. They yeah. they recognized and understood the ultimate threat was on its way. But that's what I mean. Really like the, the the ultimate threat was on its way, so you're going to stay where it's coming. Well, you know, it's that age old uh, it's that age old conundrum of either fight or flight, right? You're going to either either survive by fighting or flight or find away or leaving or whatever. And I don't I don't know that necessarily they saw that fleeing was an option or going yeah. somewhere else. I mean, be, I you know, I don't heralds. I don't see that as fleeing personally. I, I am very, very uh, aligned with the dead orbit philosophy where it's like, sure, me if, too. You, if you know you're going to stay here and you're just going to die and you have the ability to leave, you have the ability to leave. Why are you not? Why are you not spreading out as far as you can so someone can survive instead of huddling up and being like, yeah, yeah. And then little by little, you become smaller and smaller and you just keep accepting the fact that you're becoming smaller and smaller until you're yeah. all gone. With you, you roboted there. I'm sorry. I was just saying. I'm with you. Oh, I'm with okay. you on that one because it sounded like you went like, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that is. It's the Vex. Yeah. Well, uh, we have one more entry, so let's let's read this, and because uh, we're cutting it close, we had discovered a ship full of human usurpers hiding behind one of the moons of a dusty red world they called Mars. Generations of survivors cowering on a derelict colony ship since the great machine failed them. Civics, Rackus, and I led the raiding party that boarded their vessel. The humans were malnourished and pitiful, yet they still tried to fight us. The battle was short and brutal. I watched Rackus rip the usurper's arms out of the sockets and throw them on the floor. He was so strong back then. We all were. Our growing ether shares were intoxicating, and it was the bloodlust of the unrestricted violence. Rackus was massive, even then, stronger than all of us. One of the human champions, if they could be called such, challenged Rackus. The rest of us stood by as he tore the human's limbs off one by one, then crushed what was left of the champion's head between his hands. The other humans threw down their arms and begged for their lives of those who did not fight. Noble, but foolish. I corralled the survivors into an airlock and sealed them inside. Rackus and Civics disagreed with me how, on how we should handle them. Rackus suggested that we take we they would be more valuable in servitude rather than being given to the cold dark. 
Imagine it, he asked me, usurpers wearing the sigil of our house, doing our bidding for us. Civic seemed amused by this notion. Usurpers serving us? We could steal back the great machine's favor by taking, them fr taking from them their identity. Rackus reached for the airlock controls, and I struck his hand away. He looked at me with confusion and attempted again, disrespecting my leadership in front of the others. I knew I had to do something. Without hesitation, I evacuated the airlock into space, killing our captives. The brothers, angered, fought back. I held honor to my aspirations, strength above all. I butchered half the dregs loyal to Rackus and Civics, and they then turned their blades on the brothers. In spite of their struggle, they ended the battle at my feet, half their followers dead and others huddled in fear. My mother was fluent in the language of violence, but I was eloquent. I marooned Rackus and Civics on an asteroid for their final punishment, along with their surviving crew, and left them with a knife and my mother's lesson. When your crew questions your leadership, you make examples of them. I returned to the catch, towing the derelict colony ship. When I told my mother what had become of Rackus and Civics, I expected her to approve, but instead I saw something haunted in her eyes. I thought she was ashamed of me, of what I had done but I was only following her example. I was victorious, and yet in victory, I felt emptier than in failure. It was not until much later that I realized the truth. My mother was not ashamed of me. She was ashamed of herself. Boom. Yeah. That's a really good book. That's a good line. Yeah. <clears throat> had had yeah. a lot of... Had a lot of, like, quality... Um, like lore, like history that we, we, it feels like we've kind of gotten less of more recently than I like. Like it, 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 um, it's, it's, it's queuing up a number of things. So I'm really sure. excited for the, uh, it shows, it shows you for one, how spider ended up where he is. Yeah. It was. Yeah. I, I wonder <laughs> because it's like, well, I mean, that's actually a fantastic point, but, um, I wonder if like something more happened there because they were left a knife right so they did like civics fuck up uh spider and like that's well, why he yeah. is how he is yeah yeah so that's what i'm saying is like the mother automatically realizes or you know realizes uh the folly of her ways in the mm -hmm. end because she basically raised a much more efficient better version of herself but yeah. once she sees what his tenacity is and his capacity is what he has done wake of her growing him and basically grooming him into this way of thinking and thought and leadership style uh the out the 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 falling of what happened is got now you've got i mean you, now you've just basically torn it all apart and made this craziness that's about that sorry yeah she's she's stunned by it but also like feeling the 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 weight and the gravity of it's almost like that what have i done moment and i, I think i think um they they don't like say it but I, I don't think it needs to be said i think in that moment when she's like thinking what have i done it's going back to the first century uh where she's talking about how he how she named him um my sentimentality for the old world won out and the bitter hope of the future stayed my hand. I named him after my father. I did not know if he would carry on our house's tradition of birth names and chosen names. What purpose did it serve now? What did it matter? So like back then when she named him Misrax, she was hoping 
that there would kind of be like a piece of the old Reese living within him. And then she, she, she fucking cut all of that out of him. And, and he was like, okay, my name is Misrax. And that means strength above all else. I did not choose a new name. I kept Misrax as my name. And because of my mother's actions, I like took that to heart where like her name originally was sturdy heart. And then it became gentle hands. It's like, it seems like strength above all else was meant to kind of make him strong to, to endure, not strong to hurt. But in her raising of Miss Rax, he kept it strong to her instead of strong to endure. Yeah. Well, and, and it's all great. All of this in the in 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 whole and the perspective is all great because now we know Mithrax. Yeah. How how he's become basically exactly supposed to, just in a different path and different. Life. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Yeah. No, it's it's a very good lore book. And on our next show, we're going to be, I think I actually said it at the top of the show, but just to be safe, we're going to be finishing the Persona lore book from this season, and that's going to be on February 5th. And then the show after that will be the week before. Is It's on, it's, uh, it's on the 28th. February 28th is uh, Lightfall, right? Yes. So then we're going to have the 19th, which is, oh shit, that sucks. Two weeks before. Hmm. Okay, we'll we'll get to it when we get to it. We we might we might uh, opt into delaying uh, an episode a week so that we have more time with the first uh, couple weeks of the season. The expansion, it's a big one, you know. <laughs> it's huge. Yeah. All right. Um, I think we're out of time because. <laughs> I know it's yep. uh, a little later than we usually do. So our next show, as I said, is going to be on February 5th. Um, same time, same place, same deal. If uh, you want to find more of us at loose cannon show on Twitter, and uh, we have our, our uh, link tree uh, posted there so you can find us from all over, but we do put it on YouTube. We do put it on podcasting. If you came in late and you want to just listen or you want to watch. So bye. Bye.